This is the Cyclone Fanatic Built to Lead podcast series. Presented by Graphite Construction Group. We build it better. Learn more at graphitegrp.com. Now, here's Chris Williams. All right, guys, super excited for today's podcast. This one has me fired up. I've been looking forward to doing this one for a really long time, and it's uh, installment number two in our Built to Lead podcast series here, courtesy of our friends at Graphite Construction Group, the professor, Iowa State defensive coordinator, John Haycock, is with me on today's podcast, where we get into all sorts of things, uh, pretty predictable uh, as far as the topics we dive into, everything from how uh, Haycock and, and Matt Campbell and that entire defensive staff really shifted things up. Remember the Texas game, September 28th, year number two of the Campbell era. In my opinion, a seminal moment in the creation of this current Iowa State football program. How did that happen? How has Iowa State evolved defensively since then, the challenge of being a defensive coordinator in the Big 12 Conference. And uh, a lot of great stuff from Haycock. He talks about, uh, later on in the podcast, advice he would give to young defensive coaches and uh, what to expect from the Cyclones in 2021. I am a great admirer of John Haycock's. I love the way that he handles himself on the field, uh, off the field. I think that he is an absolute superstar and a guy that we all can learn a lot from. And uh, the insight he provides in today's podcast is second to none. So sit back, enjoy, and learn a lot. I think you will. If you're a casual football fan, if you're a uh, geeky football fan like I am, uh, I promise you will take something out of this conversation with Iowa State defensive coordinator John Haycock. Here it is. Check it out and enjoy. All right, Coach. Well, um, first of all, Thanks for coming on here. I appreciate it. I'm, I've really been looking forward to this. I Over the last – Coach Campbell actually did this to me, but he kind of made me a film junkie. Like, I, I, I really do. I just watch the game differently. And sure. I've – yeah, it's – you know, it was when I came in and I, I got to watch film. I was with the offensive guys there. Um, it was a few years ago, but I just – I became addicted to it. And thanks to you, I've, I've become a defensive guy. Well, you got to come hang out and watch some film with us. You can't just hang out with them offense. No, guys. I want to. I'm glad. I was kind of I was fishing for that invitation. You're invited. All That's right. That I appreciate that. I I really do. I just I've I've become a huge defensive guy. You have to understand uh, with my upbringing in the Big Twelve, I was always fascinated by offense for the longest time and just the evolution of it and seven on seven and you know all that stuff that um, Leach and uh, Bryles, you know, everything is kind of what I, it's kind of what I grew up with. Um, but really over the last few years, I have really become just fascinated by the evolution of defense when it comes to, you know, defending those type of offenses. So I want to get into that with you here in a little bit, but didn't, so let's start right there. When you come to Iowa state, you come with coach Campbell from Toledo. Uh, you had never coached in the big 12 before. What was your impression of the league, because I, I don't know if intimidating is the right word, but it wasn't always a place where defensive coordinators wanted to come and play, right? No, no, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. Um, 
you know, I, I think you look at all the, I, I think the first thing you always studied was the numbers, you know, and, and not that that's everything, you know, Chris, I, I just think, and then you started looking at numbers and scoring offenses. And, and we saw a little bit in the Mid-American Conference, in all fairness. I mean, the conference that we came from was, um, and, and our offense, you know, I mean, going against those guys every day at practice and at spring ball, uh, Matt and Tommy and, and Jason Candle and, and that whole crew, I mean, that, you know, we, we had seen it every day. So we kind of had some idea of, um, you know, what it was all about. I, I don't think we had a full uh, appreciation for it until we got into it. Yeah, um, I, I could totally see that. And then, I mean, you have such a challenging schedule, too, with it in the sense, Coach, like you'll play – Iowa one week or Kansas State one week, and then you get Oklahoma or Oklahoma State in another. And is that just kind of football now, though? I mean, is that just kind of college football anymore? Like the things are, it, I guess it was always different in the 90s. You had the wishbone, and then you had some people running the pro style. But it seems now, I don't know, it just seems like it's more of a, with the rules changes and everything, is it more difficult to be a defensive coach than it was when you first started? Well, I think so, you know, and, and I think that, like you said, I, I think probably the biggest thing has been the rule changes, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, I think that the tempos of the offense and the rules that fit the offense, I, I think there's no question that has had a huge impact on defense uh, and defensive players and coaches. Uh, I, I don't think that's out of line saying that. I, I think those things are real. Um, you know, the game has changed a lot. Uh, I, I think you're seeing, and I think some of it is, you know, evolution a little bit with the seven on seven teams. And, um, you know, it used to be when I first started coaching in all fairness, you know, you were playing with four and five defensive backs and there was probably one or two wide receivers. Okay. Now I'm dating myself here a little bit, but, but the reality of it is, is that's all changed. Now teams are playing with three and four and five wide receivers or skilled players. And so I, I think of that has changed the game as well. Whereas it used to be a numbers game where, shoot, if I'm not going to be the one or two wide receiver, I'm going to go play defense. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, some of the athletes have gone and said, man, I can get the ball on offense. And uh, I think the numbers and then the rules that have changed with it, I think all of those things have had an impact on the offenses of today and, and really of, of defenses in its own way. So, so with that, uh, I want to take us back to, well, first of all, before I get to, uh, the type of defense you guys run at Iowa State. Coach Campbell often talks about complementary uh, football. He he talks about that a lot uh, sure. with with the offense and the defense working together. From a defensive standpoint, how would you explain that to a fan who hears Coach Campbell say that and doesn't know exactly what that means? How would you explain that? Well, I think they have to fit, you know, and it's probably a tough explanation, but I, I think the reality of it is I think you're trying to find ways to win football games. And I think the thing that most teams, and I think it's gotten a little bit out of control to some extent. I think some schools or programs have gone with the idea we're going to, we're going to outscore everybody. We're going to, we're just going to go as fast as we can and outscore everybody. And um, the defense has got to hold on. And, um, I, I'm sure that probably works for some folks. Uh, I think in the big picture, though, your offense and defense and your special teams, the kicking game, all of those things matter in a game. And, you know, I always I, I tell our guys, like, we play the best defense when we're standing on the sideline. Yeah. So when our offense is getting third downs and running the football and the time is working itself off the clock, um, we have an opportunity 
to be a better defense. Now, that doesn't make you a better defense, but it surely gives you a better opportunity to do that. And I think likewise on, on, on offense, if your defense is out there getting three and outs, getting turnovers, getting the ball back, getting them stopped in their own territory, then your offense, the percentages of your chances of scoring become better. So the combination of all those things and in between there is the kicking game. Yeah. Well, if you stop them on their own side of the field and the, you can get a punt return and return it for 10 yards, that's a first down. Um, and now you're on their side of the 50 and percentages naturally go up when your offense has the ball in the plus 50. So it all fits together. And I think we've done a great job. And if there's one thing I think coach has done a tremendous job is, is making us understand that we can't do it without the other side. And um, it takes a village. And I think the best teams are doing that. And, um, you know, I, I think coach has done a great job of, of doing that. It, it, you have to be able to have a group of guys in your hallway of coaches and players that ego is not a factor. Yeah. Um, because sometimes stats and numbers are ego factors and you have to have a group of guys on your staff in your hallway and in your locker room that say, you know what, we got to find a way to make sure that Iowa state wins at the end of the day. And if that's the case, then, then you got a shot at having success, some success. It's interesting you say that. Cause I've, I've been doing this for 16 years now. I have been around some staffs where I almost feel I don't know. I almost feel like it's like a group of independent contractors, mm-hmm. you know, just working. Yeah. Like I, I've never felt that way with you guys. It, it just feels like the game plans are all intertwined. It doesn't matter if you're the linebackers coach or the running back coach. Is it? Is that kind of what you're describing? For sure. And I think Chris, in all fairness, and and you know, I know Coach gets credit. I'm not sure he gets enough credit. Like that comes from the top. Like that's that that ego push away those kind of things that comes from the top. And um, you have to understand that your goal is on defense where to get the ball back and get it as many times as we can and on offense. Shorten the game. You know, run the football. Uh, take care of the football. You know, the kicking games. You know, make sure at the end of every kicking game play, you know, we have the ball. Um, and that's what you're trying to do. If it's a kickoff return, make sure you have the football. If it's a punt return, make sure you have the football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think those things come from Coach Campbell. And um, there's not a, you know, I have friends in this business. It's not that way everywhere. Um, again, and, and I think it really has to come from the top down. And I think we're blessed that that's the way it is. And, and uh, it's been, it makes everything, in my opinion, coaching, it makes it a lot more fun. Like we're, what we're kind of talking about here uh, with the kicking game, is this something that um, maybe fans don't always understand about punting? I mean, I, there's just like this notion out there. It's like, oh, if you're midfield, you got to go for it. Or, right. and and I'm, I don't know. I, I've kind of like evolved to like your guys's way of thinking at this point, and I'm I'm no longer playing video games too, so it probably helps. But is that kind of what you're talking about as well? It's like as a defensive coach, man, it's a lot easier to do my job if we pin them back to the 13-yard line as opposed to if we go for it on fourth and three and now we're at midfield. Well, statistically, the best offensive play, the the most, um, you know, the largest average of offensive yards is the punt. Um, it's, it's averaging basically 40 yards a play. 
So that can be used as an offensive tool. And, uh, you know, I worked with Coach Tressel, so that was, you know, there's a – that was kind of how you you handled the game was the idea that, you know, there was never – punting is never a bad offensive play. It'll gain you 40 yards. And if you have a really good punter, it may gain you 50. And that flips the field. That puts your defense in a better situation. They're not as stressed. And if they do a good job and get your the ball back, then, you know, if your punting game is better than theirs, then you end up maybe gaining 10 yards in that whole deal. So um, – We've never, I've never looked at it as a bad thing. I think analytics have gotten into some, into athletics. I think we look at it some, and I think there are some situations where going forward on fourth down in certain scenarios with time on the clock, timeouts left, um, numbers of possessions left in the game, those kind of things. I think there is times that you, you need to go forward on fourth down. And I think the analytics and the studies of the game have proved that. Um, but I also, I never fear punting the football, um, you know, when I was a head coach and especially as a defensive coach now. One of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite moments in Iowa State football history was this year at Texas where a coach punted uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, put mm-hmm. it on the defense, and you guys got the big stop. And Because it, it was fun for me because I was sitting there watching Twitter and people lose their minds at the, at the sure. punt. And then it worked, right? Like, and isn't that an example of complimentary football that you guys are talking well, that, about? It absolutely is. And it takes some trust to do that as a head coach. And, and, and again, then it, it, it's, but that's going out and doing your part, you know, and, and I've always said that, and whether it's offense or defense, you know, if you have a good offense, man, you, you're really good when the team needs you the most, you know, you get a yeah. first down when, when you need it the most and you're a really good defense when you need to stop them the most. And when your team's counting on you, when coach decides to punt it, man, it's our job to go out and get the ball back. And um, that's when I think, you know, it, it truly is complimentary. I want to take you back to uh, September 28th uh, from your guys' second season here. It was that Thursday night when you were playing Texas. You lost 17-7. to And I, I don't know. If I were – my dream is someday to write a book about Iowa State football. We'll see if that ever happens. But I would, I would circle that day as a real – it seemed to me a, a game changer for the program and, and Iowa State football history because that was the night you guys kind of, and, and I don't know exactly how it worked out, but you, it seemed like went back to the drawing board and that was the game before the Oklahoma game against Baker Mayfield and Norman, the historic win there. And uh, you kind of it adapted the way that you you play defense. We, we started to see the dime stack, um, all the stuff that we see now that's kind of become a staple of Iowa State football. Can you walk me through what happened between that Texas game and that Oklahoma game and how that all kind of happened? Well, I think I'd take you back two weeks earlier. We had played at Akron and come home and, um, you know, we, we had been in the defense, what we had always run the years at Toledo had great success. It'd been a four, two, five team. Um, and, I, and I'll make a long story short, came back after the Akron game, had a two-week layoff before Texas, um, and Coach Campbell was like, you know, not like Coach Campbell was, we need to make a change. Something's got to change. We, we were not playing as good as we need to play. Some of our good players are on the sidelines when we're in dime. Our, our rush guys aren't out there. Our defensive backs aren't out there when we should be in coverage. Uh, we've got to find a way um, to change. And uh, you know, for a guy like me, change is hard. Uh, change was very difficult. Had a lot of success doing it the way, you know, quote, we'd always done it. 
Yeah. And, but it wasn't working and, and I knew it and our staff knew it um, in order for us to have a chance. I still, you know, you still have to play defense to have a chance to have success in, in football um, and probably every sport, I guess. Um, but that was kind of the initial, like, you know, we've got to change. Something's got to give. So kind of went to the drawing boards, came up with what we came up with, um, played it about half the time uh, in the Texas game that night, uh, about 50-50. We were four down and three down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think one of the, the true things was still I, I still, I still remember it as you do. I remember J.D. Wagner, you know, we had lost, a tough loss. J.D. Wagner coming into me and said, Coach, we have to continue playing this defense. Um, you know, it was so much fun. It's much easier. Community, all those things. And so that was kind of the start of it. Um, you know, put it together. And then we just kept adding as and got it to the point where we're at at this point in time. But it was just out of necessity and and really, you know, kind of from Coach Campbell, like what we're doing is not working, man. You, you, we've got to find something else. And uh, that's not easy to do. We did it in a couple of weeks. Um, again, and, um, you know, staff that we had was together. Yeah. You know, Chris, our guys, you know, had our defensive staff had been together. So there wasn't egos in there. We all went in there. It's not working. What can we do? How can we get our best players and keep our best 11 guys out there the whole time and be able to play first down and second down and third down and, and continue on. And uh, we were able to put it together and, you know, had a great staff with the guys that we had here and, and uh, you know, they, they were as much part of it as certainly as I was. I mean, a lot of, a lot of football, especially in the NFL, is just it's kind of a copycat type deal, right? I mean, right. We, we see it all sure. the time. But that at the time, there weren't a lot of people doing that in college, were there? I mean, how many other programs well, do you know of were playing that type of defense? Well, really nobody is. I mean, everybody's doing some form of the same thing of some kind. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's, you know, it doesn't matter what sport it is everybody's doing something like you're doing um, to think that you're the only guy that ever created it is, is not correct. Uh, somebody's done it at some point. I think we were probably the one team that was doing it all the time. Okay. Uh, once we started doing it, that was different. Uh, we are different than, you know, there's a West coast version, uh, a guy by the name of Rocky long that, that still has some, some branches out there that are a, a much more a blitzing attacking those kinds of things. Um, different than we are. Uh, but, you know, everybody's doing a little bit of it, Chris. Um, you know, I think we were probably the one group that was just doing it all the time. Uh, and um, again, developed it throughout that year. And like I said, it is what it is today. Okay. Now I'm going to, I've gotten advice sometimes just to not speak because you sound smarter, but this is okay. This is just me just spitballing this out there. So I also grew up in Western Iowa and I grew up watching the the wishbone in Nebraska a lot. Mm-hmm. And the sure. one thing I was always taught by football people in Western Iowa was, I mean, the option really, if you run it correctly, if you have a quarterback that runs it correctly, it's almost unstoppable because it's a read, right? If the guy yeah, can sure. read it. And we saw so many of those Nebraska quarterbacks mm-hmm. over the years. Your defense seems to me now that, now that you have your players and the way it is, it – it almost seems not unstoppable. That that seems too strong. But the thing I I love about it is the offense is really always on its toes, right? Like you guys, because that pressure could be coming from from anywhere. I I almost compare it to how I grew up watching that wishbone offense because it. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it. It's all about reads, right? Like, can you explain that? Well, it it is different, you know. I mean, 
it, it is different, you know, because I've coached the other. I've coached four down. I've coached, you know, the bear front. I've coached different fronts. It, it is different. Uh, it is unique um, because it plays with the third safety. Uh, there's multiple things that you can do with it. Uh, that's been a blessing for us. Uh, it still comes down to our guys um, feeling comfortable about the defense that they're playing. It still is about how you do stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we all get caught up and and as a coach uh, and really probably everybody, how somebody else or what they're doing. We go to a coach's clinic. Uh, we listen to a podcast. We, we want to do what they're doing. Um, and I think it still comes down to how you do things. I, I think we all, you know, we get caught up sometimes and man, I want to put that blitz in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I want to put that coverage in. Well, that's good. But how you do the coverage and how you do the front and an example, how you do the podcast, those are the things that make it different. And, you know, I'm blessed that we have a great group of assistant coaches, a great group of players. Um, our offense contributes to how we play. And I think how we do things is probably what makes it a little bit different than, you know, everybody else. And I think when you are different, it is, it isn't the same. You're not coaching it as a one high safety. I mean, everybody has a closed middle or open split safeties. I mean, that's football talk. They got a closed middle or they got a split safety look. Well, we have both and that's different. And your quarterback reads and all the different Mm -hmm. things, uh, you know, those things become a little bit more complicated when you're like that. So I think how we've been able to do things is probably, in my opinion, uh, the most effective. Um, Because, again, I I think everybody does what we do Uh, at some point. I think we've done what other people have done. Uh, How you do things to me is the difference. So it it seems to me like a little bit this year, offenses will have more success against your defense first couple drives. Is there, are you playing chess? Like, or am I reading into this? Cause it seems like you're kind of feeling them out and then yeah. you're, you're going to see what they bring to the table and then you're going to adjust to it. And then you're going to bring pressure from here from a novice who's watching the game. That's what I'm seeing. Is there any accuracy to that? I think you're, I think you're being kind, but I think, you know, I, as a coach, I, I think mean, you're I messing just, with them, coach. I think I'd, you're messing with them. Yeah, I'd prefer they not have a good drive <laughs> early on. Uh, I'd prefer they not get some points early in the game. Uh, you know, in all honesty, that's fair. Uh, I think in, in part of the game, though, I, I think you are kind of doing that in all fairness. But I, I, I think we did that. You know, I had an old college coach back years ago that used to say, hey, going into the first game, we'll scout them in the first half and we'll find a way to beat them in the second half. Yeah. And that was kind of always the approach in going into the first game with, with, with coach Christopher. So that being said, like, it's a little bit like us. We don't always know how teams are going to attack us. Some of that is fair. Um, but um, I, I think our guys do settle in a little bit, uh, make, we do try to figure out what exactly is going on. Uh, but I don't know that that's any different, Chris, than what we did the first year we got here. I, I think you're always trying to do that. I think, our offensive guys at halftime are trying to, you know, what exactly are they doing on defense? I don't know that that's changed a bunch. Uh, I, I would give our kids the credit for all of that, mm-hmm. that they've gotten better as the game went on. Uh, again, how we started doing things, maybe as they got a feel for the game, uh, I would say that they deserve that credit. Um, and I'm 
go back to again at, you know, yeah, teams are scoring. I wish they weren't, <laughs> but you know, that does happen. And like I said, I, I give the credit to our guys and, and our players and settling in and playing great defense down the stretch. Well, one thing too, uh, that's just been so fun to watch. Um, I'm a defensive line junkie and it's, it's fun to watch you guys make a line change. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, that, that has to play into it at some point too, where you've mm-hmm. got two, sometimes three strings that you're running out there and they're simply not getting worn down. There's no question. And I think we've tried to do that with all of our guys in all fairness. I, I think the better we've played uh, has been a, the contributing factor has been the depth that we've played with. You know, I think that's been absolutely huge and sometimes doesn't get the credit. I think, you know, um, the guys that can go in and sub, you know, um, Eric Horn going in and sub at Sam for Mike, even if it's too serious, man, that allows Mike to play better in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gary Vaughn at Mike, uh, you know, day day in at, at the will linebacker or D lineman running in and out playing all those guys, you know, <coughs> excuse me, number of plays. It just allows those kids to play better as the game goes on. And uh, I think, you know, our depth has been a huge factor in it. I kind of thought, too, that that was a big difference between last year, 2020, and maybe 19. It just seemed to me um, like you guys were so close. You were in the right spot a lot in 19, and maybe you couldn't make that interception or you didn't get that fumble recovery. I mean, I don't think it was a big, like, scheme difference or anything. I just – your guys seemed more fresh in the fourth quarter last year. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, again, you know, I, I think there was a lot of factors in that. I think Coach Campbell, uh, his game prep, you know, going into start of the season, I think our strength and conditioning with Coach Andrews. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors in our guys being fresh down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, but I, I also, you know, I think the contribution that our younger guys made as they got better as the season went on certainly helped our guys be fresh as it went. I wanted, sure. to, I wanted to ask you about Will McDonald, and I, did, I think he's a trans, transformational type guy. Just it, It's pretty rare to find those guys who can play a couple of different levels in the defense, right? How, how, how great is it to have a trick like that up your sleeve as a defensive coordinator when you can get a guy like that? He's a, he's a dominant pass rusher. Um, you know, Chris, obviously. And I think anytime that you have the ability to put somebody on the field um, that can rush the passer, uh, that can do those kinds of things, I, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's, it takes extra attention. You, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, that's why those guys get paid a lot of money in, at the National Football League. Uh, so anytime you have a pass rusher that can do what he did, we were blessed last year having Jaquan and he on opposite sides, and he at times, um, you know, Zach Peterson at times, like those guys, it, 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 you can create some mismatches or some matchup um, issues. And I think, you know, Will allows you to do that. We, we brought him from space playing at linebacker sometimes, put him on the edge sometimes, uh, dropped him into coverage sometimes. And uh, anytime you can do that, it just, it's the same thing. How you're doing what you're doing is probably more than what you, is more important than what you're doing. And uh, who you're doing it with is the ultimate key. So Will gives us a lot of flexibility. Uh, he'll continue to grow as he continues to grow in the game. What about any uh, fans love this coach and no pressure, but any young guys? Uh, who are some some of the younger guys maybe on the scout team last year 
um, who who you're really excited about. Maybe not that, yeah. but even like Davis at linebacker. You know, we've seen a yeah, little bit. I of. think the, I think they got to see a lot of our guys. I mean, you yeah. saw Mason Chambers in there. You saw Craig McDonald in the last couple of games. You saw Kamani King in the Big Twelve Championship game. Who you know, maybe played 50 snaps all year. I think those guys, uh, you know, Isaiah Lee got some reps in there. Yeah. J.R. Singleton played for us down the stretch, freshman. Uh, I think those kinds of guys, Day-Day at Will, you know, Gary Vaughn, I mean, guys just in and out of there. Uh, I think you saw a lot of our younger guys. And, again, I think that was part of the reason why our guys had some success or at least freshness down the stretch in a stretch run. Um, and I think, again, those guys, um, I think most of the fans probably saw a lot of the young guys that got some playing time. They were on special teams. They, they, they did a lot of DJ Miller. I mean, all those guys yeah. got playing time. TJ Tampa, Michael Antoine played in some games down the stretch. Uh, you know, those are all young kids. And, uh, you know, they got some playing time where maybe normally they, they would not have. But in a year like last year, um, we were able to keep it simple enough that they could learn it. And by the end of the season, they were helping us out. You mentioned the uh, Big 12 championship game. Trust me, I'm not asking you to criticize officials here, but it's a real story when it comes to defensive coaches and targeting. Uh, Ishim has the, the you know the tough call, and he he's got to he's got to leave the game. How do you how do you coach that? I mean, because there's there's such thing as having yeah. your guys prepared, and then there's the bang bang moments, right? What how do you work on that with your team? Well, it, you just address the safety issues, and I, I said it before. I, you know, I think the penalty, the 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 penalty is a tough one, uh, but I, I would never argue against safety, Chris. I, I think all those rules, and I think it's as safety for a guy like Ashim as yeah. it is for anybody else. I think our players, you know, I, no I think teaching them the proper way to tackle and do all of those things um, are of utmost concern, and and that's the, one of the first things I address with him in the off season already is. Man, you you have to take care of yourself. I mean, also like you, you you've got to be aware of why these penalties are in there, and address it. And I, I'm not afraid of that. You know, how do you handle it once it happens? You you go to the next guy, and and that's again where your depth. And um, it was Arnold Chimazuna, and and he's in there. And Greg played some. You know, we had to move some other guys around, and you adjust and you plan for those things. Uh, you never can really plan for them, but you plan for them. Um, you know, we, we had a plan if, if something happened to any of those guys, and, and we do that. Uh, so, you know, you handle it as it comes along. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to argue against a, a penalty that's put in place for safety of our players, uh, and I think we have to do a better job of teaching guys and tackling, and we've got to work with him in the offseason, and, um, you know, he doesn't want to miss games, and and again, we want him to be safe. So all of those things added up. You know, that's how we address it. That is just another thing, though. It just came to my mind: the evolution of the sport that we love. I can imagine uh, 1983 when you started your coaching career. I believe that's when it was. Um, you guys weren't talking about this stuff, right? Like this wasn't even on the radar. Was I mean, safety always was. You learn how to tackle and yeah, pee wee yeah, ball, absolutely. but yeah. you, you weren't having to teach your guys stuff like this. No, you you weren't. Um, and probably because we weren't, it's probably why the rules are the way they are today. And yeah. it's probably why there's more injuries than there should have been and all of those things. So I don't go back and say um, that it was right. 
it certainly was different. The, the priority, you know, the sense of, I mean, everything you talked about was tackling, you know, put your head across the bow and put your face on the ball and, you know, yeah. you know, put your ball, head on the ball. I mean, knock the ball loose with your top Makes of your people helmet. I cringe mean, today, doesn't it? Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you make those statements today. I mean, I played, that's how I was coached and, but that's how the game was. And, um, it certainly doesn't make it right. Um, I, I think we've done a lot of great things to help players along the way, and, and I'm all for that. And, uh, but, no, it's, it certainly is a lot different than, than when I was playing. Coach, if you were uh, – well, we don't have to do this as a hypothetical. You have a lot of young defensive coaches um, that come through your office all the time who are on mm-hmm. the staff. What it, Let's say you got a, a D3 a defensive coordinator, and he comes to you and he says, Coach – um, give me a single principle, you know, that I can work off of that, that you value to create a great defensive culture. What would you, what kind of advice would you give to a young defensive coach today? Um, I think first thing I w- would address is again, what I stated, how you do the things are way more important than what you do. Mm. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, everybody does pursuit drills. Everybody does ball drills. Everybody does tackling drills. I think the emphasis on how you do them is way more important than what you do. And, you know, I think sometimes that gets overlooked a little bit like, hey, they're running this defense. Well, yeah, we are. Yep, it's different. Yes. Um, I I think the thing that you can't imitate um, when you watch as a young coach, you watch other guys run blitzes or they run like you can't imitate how they do things. And at some point as a coach, you have to learn the hows of, of what you expect of your players. And um, I still am a firm believer of how is way more important than what. And yeah, the what was important for us to change because what we were doing wasn't working. So yes, we changed the what, but it still doesn't take away from the pursuit that our guys play with, the energy that they play with how um, committed they are to study and film. I mean, those are the things to me as a young coach. If, um, I mean, you know, shoot, I, I listened to some guys talk on a clinic this morning um, that I had videotaped, and I still am always trying to learn. Mm-hmm. I watch the drills and all those things, and those drills are great. But, man, if you really could dive into that, how they're doing it and how he teaches it and how it fits their guys, that's the most important thing. And I think that sometimes is an art lost in our game. I think we all get caught up in the what's, you know, Um, but I think that's a little bit of society. You know, we want what everybody else, what we see that they have. Well, there's a lot of like, how, like, how did they work hard to get what they got or how did that defense come together? And uh, I think the how is if I could, you know, not to wear it out, but that would be the most important thing I would share with a young coach that, you know, how you're doing, it's way more important than what you're doing and what you're doing. You better know the answers of how to do it. So your players can do it as best they can. Yeah. That's an important factor too. I read something uh, last night about success is rarely accidental, you know, rare, rare, long-term success, at least. I mean, you don't just fall into it. No. and, And the most successful people are constantly finding new ways to do the same thing. And I think that's the battle we have as coaches. And, you know, I, I don't know that, I mean, we're still playing uh, good old three deep coverage. We're playing two deep coverage. That was invented about 1800s and some, but it's changed how you do it. You know, we, we do it differently than somebody else does it. And uh, 
I think the reality of it is you have to be able to be able to give your kids the tool, your players, the tools of how to do it the best way that fits them. And that's not, that may not be the same to the school, you know, across the street mm-hmm. or across town rivalry or whatever. Um, you have to do what's best for your players and um, your job is solely to give them an opportunity to have success. And that's where to me, the how is the most important thing. Well, coach, uh, before I let you go, uh, my sponsor, the graphite construction group has given $500 to the charity of choice for, for all my guests that come on the podcast here. And I know you, you picked one out. Uh, you want to tell us the the charity that you've chosen for this to go to and, and why? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that's really pretty cool. Um, that's pretty awesome that they're doing that. So that's appreciated. And um, the group that we I chose was Food at First here in Ames. Um, you know, Food Bank uh, serves hot meals, those kind of things. Um, I know our program and our, our players have contributed to there and some meals. Um, I know it's been really tough, I think. I have some friends back home uh, who work directly with the food banks and not specifically here in Ames, but I know how difficult it's been, you know, even the pandemic on them, Mm -hmm. you know, the service that they've had to provide, not being able to have people come in and pass through. It's had to be, you know, to go meals. And so that means, you know, they got to pack them in plastics and um, silverware and all those different things. Those things come at a cost. And so that would be the group that I would, would, would certainly, I know our kids have, uh, helped out there. I know we've donated some meals there and, and I think it would be a, a great, great help to those folks. Awesome. Well, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's looking like we're having a positive trend that you're going to get 61 or 62,000 of your uh, best friends back to help that defense out next year well, on third down. Well, I can't wait to see those friends again. <laughs> that's for sure. Coach, appreciate your time, man. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I hope my ignorance on a couple of these defensive questions didn't make you any dumber or anything, but I'm just trying to learn. Well, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing and what you do and, and uh, you know, to promote Cyclone Athletics and, and us here in football, and uh, I think you do a great job, and, and um, you know, we're excited about the opportunities that we have coming down the pike, and our kids have worked really hard, and I can't wait to see, you know, Jack Trice the way Jack Trice is supposed to be, so – We'll get things back to normal here and and have some fun out there and and look forward to, to those days.